0: Hey, yo, ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome into the week 13 betting video for the NFL where you're going to get smacked with information to try and win the dollar ruskies, and not even just try. We're going to win the dollar ruskies. We need that positive affirmations for all of you right now so welcome in what we're going to do here is i give you the bets that i already have placed for this week i'm recording this on a tuesday morning i place most of these bets on monday to try and get the opening number and a lot of stuff that's going on with covid hopefully that that works in our favor and i think it does with one of these bets right now but as i'm looking at this i currently have six bets placed and i have a lean i have a crazy money line lean as well so we'll get into that to close out the show i've not bet it yet but i want to know what you guys think in the comments i'll probably bet it i don't think the number is going to change it's a money line plus money line a big underdog i don't think it'll move that much so we have six bets and then a lean so seven total things we'll be discussing today in this video and if you're brand new here what we do is we just smack with all the information about betting we talk about some of the key statistics some of the key data points yes we're going to be looking at trends but we're going to be factoring it into uh, one a model that i use to try and Predict this stuff. And then two, you also have to add in some human intuition. It can't just be based off of just purely data. You have to put some reasoning in that the data cannot account for. So if you want to tail these bets, you're more than willing to do so. If you lose on tailing those bets, just know that I'm losing on tailing these bets or or making these bets, that is. So with all that said, thank you for being here. If you have a second of your time, hit that like and subscribe. And I greatly, greatly appreciate that a ton. There's going to be some stuff popping up on the screen, some notes that I take, some notes that I take for myself, but also then just for the video as well. So you can take advantage of those and just look at some of the key stats and key trends from the season that really go into, Most of them are going to be predictive stats. Some of them are going to be just looking back at the past, like the trends against the spread, but some of them are going to be predictive moving forward in terms of just different positional units and how they're ranking up from efficiency metrics, from overall quantity and numbers and statistics this year. And as they have been every single week, Viget is the sponsor of today's video. And if you are not already familiar with Viget, well, familiarize yourself. Download it now below in the description of this podcast or YouTube video. It's the Viget app and whatever apps are that you're using on your phone. It is a mobile app. And the best way to describe it is the Twitter of sports betting apps. Basically, it's like Twitter, but it's for sports betting, right? It's broken down into three different parts. You have your social media aspect where we can all talk about our picks or we could just talk about the games in general, where you can get away from the negativity on Twitter and just go to a place where you know everybody's only talking about sports betting, daily fantasy sports, whatever it might be. So there's that part of it. And then the second part is the free sports book, which if you use my promo code Sal, when you download the app, you'll get a 1000 free VIG coins, which those are basically credits to use in their free sports book. And then you could take and win some Amazon gift cards, depending on if you win some of your bets, you could place your bets from this video totally for free in any state, even if sports betting is not legal in your state. Since it's a free sports book, you can place them in any state and actually take advantage and get some action down in the sports betting streets. That is a free sports book, so you can check that out. Again, promo code SAL, S-A-L, get you those thousand Bitcoins. So take a second of your time, download the app, use that promo code, and bam, you got some Vigit dollar ruskies to get after and try with some Amazon gift cards. It's a pretty good time to do so right now. A lot of deals going on for Christmas, trying to take advantage of not having to spend your actual dollar ruskies and just spend some of the Vigit the dollar ruskies on those Amazon gift cards. But that said, let's get into our first bet of the week. For me right now, I have a bet placed on Cleveland plus six against Tennessee and you can see me pulling it up right now on the screen the over under scheme is 54 54 and a half in some spots and now you're going to see plus five and a half in a lot of spots maybe by the time you're viewing this video and it's uploaded it'll be plus five and a half everywhere I was about to take plus five and a half on DraftKings, but then I saw the plus six on FanDuel, so we ended up taking the plus six minus 110 so you get the normal vig on it so Cleveland why do I like Cleveland here well to look back at some stuff that is just going to tell you how Vegas has been basically uh, either underweighting overhyping or underhyping these teams this year if they've been overvaluing or undervaluing them and those are past trends they're not really going to so much predict this specifically week, but Cleveland's five and seven against the spread. Tennessee is now six and six. Now this Cleveland team is good. And we really haven't gotten to see it because before this past week, when they won, we had a month of football where we did not get to see this true team. Odell Beckham Jr. had been out, they had a bye week mixed in there. Nick Chubb was not in for half of those games. And they were playing in three awful weather games. One was a monsoon of rain. And the other two were just wind games that was not able to pass the ball at all. So we didn't know what this passing game looked like without Odell until last week. And then finally, we got to see a little bit of it. And as you would expect, Jarvis Landry goes off for over hundred yards and a touchdown. Nick Chubb for his second consecutive game, goes absolutely berserk on the ground and this cleveland team starts to look like a real football team and honestly they look a lot like this tennessee team now i think they have a better offensive line than tennessee i think tennessee they probably have a better defense in tennessee tennessee definitely has the better rushing offense but it's very close it's very close between the browns and the titans in terms of just how these teams actually look now cleveland is the number six overall offense and tennessee is the number nine overall defense although that number nine overall defense is a little bit skewed because they're pretty pathetic when it comes to pressure 20th overall and their secondary continues to get worse by the week now cleveland Continues now through 12 weeks of the number one run blocking unit and the number one pass blocking unit. Tennessee average against the run, number 14. Tennessee, in terms of getting to pressure against that number one pass blocking, not going to get there. Number 20 in pass rush. So that's good to see from Cleveland's advantage points. So Cleveland, number nine in yards per play, an efficiency metric that's going to be massive in terms of trying to predict overall long term outcome and success for games. But Tennessee on defense, number six in yards per play allowed. On defense, Cleveland is number 13. And then Tennessee, they're number six as well. So these teams, again, looking very similar, both top 10 in yards per play. Both around average in yards per play allowed on defense, Cleveland 13, Tennessee 16. Now in turnover differential, again, very similar. Cleveland plus five in turnover differential is number six. so almost top five in the NFL. Tennessee very good in turnover differential, number two at plus 11. This is where the biggest concern would come in if you were a Cleveland backer in this game is that Cleveland's run defense ranks 21st overall now through 12 weeks. And we obviously know that you've seen it for back-to-back weeks now, over 100 plus yards. Henry did it in like 120 plus in the first half and three touchdowns last week, but now he has over 130 plus yards in back-to-back games. And we're slowly starting to get now into December as it's going to be hitting us today as I record this, where Derrick Henry just continues to get better and stronger as all the defenders get weaker and their season goes on. It seems like this man just gets a lot stronger as the season goes on. I think he just stays the same strength and everybody else gets a little bit weaker and does not want to be tackling a freight train when it's actually like 10 degrees in some of these stadiums. So yes, that would be the one concern for us. But also Cleveland is top 10 in tackling. So here's the thing for me. I write it right here. Both teams appear pretty similar on paper for me. So I'll take the plus six, right? If I'm getting two teams that look pretty similar, and if anything, if I say, okay, I think That Tennessee will have a little bit more success in the running game, but maybe not that much more that now that Nick Chubb is back and looks very sturdy behind this top ranked offensive line in Cleveland. So, if it appears that both of these teams look pretty similar to me and evenly matched, why not just take the points in this side? Even if it was Tennessee, if it was Tennessee plus six, I would probably take Tennessee plus six in this point. If I think the spread should probably be closer to a plus three and a neutral, basically in a neutral stadium with no favorites for being a home or away team, if I thought it was going to be maybe plus two, if we don't think that the home or away favorites are still three points these days with no fans in the stadiums, if I thought that this was a coin flip on a neutral stadium, then yeah, I definitely think that we're getting some value here on the Browns Brown side of this since we finally got to see them. Now, I do think that the Browns as a team where their record stands basically the same as the Titans at this point, I think the Titans seem a little bit more uh, sturdy, if you will, in terms of just knowing what their team is, right? Quarterback play, relying on A.J. Brown, Corey Davis coming a little bit more alive, and then obviously you have some Derrick Henry, whereas the Browns now, we had like one week without the OBJ last week that we got to see them in fair weather game. And I mean, it was what you probably would expect. Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper gets going as he was going before his injury, and then Nick Chubb on the ground. So give me the Browns plus is our first bet of the week. I found that one again over on FanDuel. Now our second bet of the week is actually going to be an over/under here, and I think we still have this. So yes, this line is still available on BetMGM. I believe if you're in New Jersey, you can place there on BetMGM. I'm not sure if they've opened up anywhere else at this point. So the line is 46 and a half over/under for the Jets and Raiders. And as of right now, I'm actually taking the over in this game. Yeah, taking an over in the Jets game might actually sound scary, but it's actually hit more than you probably thought this year. And a lot of that is probably because of their opponents. But so far, the over under is at 47 in a lot of spots. I'm fine to take that as well don't bet it on bet three six five if you want to take the over because that's 47 and a half anywhere else you can take it again on bet MGM right now as I'm looking at this it's 46 and a half so I would take it there if you want to be taking the over so why do I like the over in this game well so far in the season the Jets are five and seven in terms of the total so yes they do have five games that have gone over the over and Vegas is eight three and one why is Vegas eight three and one well because Derek Carr has been very efficient and effective up until that last game I believe what Nate Peterman came in and then also their defense has been one of the worst in the NFL to this point and this is where it starts to look pretty interesting so the Jets on offense they're dead last in yards for play on offense you would probably expect, suspect that have like uh, adam gaze maybe calling the plays then not calling the plays then whoever else calling the plays and the raiders are number 12 in yards for play on offense but this is where it gets pretty interesting on defense the jets are 25th and the vegas raiders are 23rd meaning that both of these teams are pretty bad when it comes to limiting the opponent's efficiency on offense so that's going to help with the over turnover differential right now you're getting vegas at minus three the jets at neutral so basically neither of these teams are face are forcing that many turnovers and you're just getting if anything more turnovers on offense which is going to set up some short fields for at wars field goal attempts for us here Hopefully for the over in a very low total game in today's nfl at 46 and a half anything really under like 50 these days seems to be a lower total now both of them rank bottom third in defense on the season and the raiders rank dead last in total defense to this point they're 31st in run defense 32nd that's last in tackling 29th in pressure and 25th in their secondary play this is arguably i mean the easiest opponent so far this year for the jets to have faced and if anything maybe this is the upset when you get don't worry they're not my plus money money line i just want the over in this game now they allow top five big plays on the air plenty 20 plus yards as vegas team so they're they're very susceptible to the big plays downfield. And over the last month of the season, Denzel Mims and Bershaw Perriman are number one and number two in dot average depth of target in the NFL, and they both happen to be on the Jets. Now, yes, a lot of that has to do with Joe Flacco throwing deep, but we saw some Sam Darnold also target them deep as well. That stat is per Nick BDGE over on Twitter. You can follow him at Nick underscore BDGE. Now, both offenses allow top five points this season. The Jets allow 29.8 points per game, and Vegas allows 29 points per game. The concern would be that the Jets are only averaging 13.8 points on offense, but Vegas is is averaging 26.5 points in offense, and the Jets now probably have their easiest matchup of the year in terms of a defense they're going up against. So, although it feels gross to be betting on the Jets, I'm hoping for a couple of short fields here. I'm hoping for the fact that this Raiders team cannot force any pressure and give Sam Darnold some time to throw to find downfield Denzel Mims to get his first NFL touchdown potentially this week. That's where we're going to be betting on the over 46 and a half, even if you get the f- over 47. I like that as well. So, for the Las Vegas Raiders and the New York Jets is our second bet of the week. So now we get to our third game, and this was honestly one that I had to flip flop on. Honestly. So I ended up taking early on. So I I basically bet one side of it and then bet the other side of it to cancel out my bet on the other side and then also get actual action on it, if that makes sense. So I originally bet the Texans at plus two and a half and I bet them at plus two and a half and then I did not like it once I saw that Will Fuller was out that I had that plus two and a half now it's a wide receiver so it's not going to move the line a lot but honestly I do think that it's going to be impactful for this game they already don't have Randall Cobb they cut Kenny Stills right uh Kenny uh, Randall Cobb's on IR so they're wide receivers at this point I don't even know who their second outside wide receiver is going to be they have Kiki Kute in the slot I don't even know if they still have DeAndre Carter at this point I think they have like an Isaiah Wright or something like that and they have Brandon Cooks on the outside but that's concerning I'd assume they go into more two tight end sets at least for this week on a short week knowing that they don't have Will Fuller maybe that's where you end up. Seeing like Darren Fells and Jordan Atkins on the field more in two tight end sets makes some more sense I believe David Johnson's eligible to come off the IR run the ball a little bit more than they usually do but they're gonna have to piece this offense together because they relied a lot on Will Fuller's to big plays downfield and that's why I like the Texans right it was kind of a maybe sucker's bet right Texans coming off of a big Thanksgiving win and the Colts losing big to the Titans could not stop the run but now this is a totally different opponent in the Texans that don't run the ball at all on the ground so it matches up better for the Colts in their zone secondary scheme but I just liked betting on Deshaun Watson who's been one of the best five quarterbacks in football over these last six weeks, if not one of the best three quarterbacks in the football, the way that he's been playing. So now it makes it a lot easier for me to go on to the Colts side of this at minus three. Again, I I ended up betting plus two and a half. Uh, Houston ended up putting enough money to cancel out that bet, but then put more. So now I have actually action on the Colts. And yes, I mean, part of it is because of Will Fuller. A big reason of it is because of Will Fuller being out for this game. I don't think the wide receiver is going to impact the line all that much, but for a game that I was already wishy-washy on, now losing the number one weapon on the opposite side to move your offense down the field is concerning to me. So, I mean, there's a couple of things here, right? Houston's five and seven versus spread. You can see, some stuff on the screen. And Indy is now six and six versus spread after losing to Tennessee in a big way in that last game. Houston on offense is number three in yards per play. And Indy on offense is around average at number 14. Now that number three in yards per play, a lot of that has to do with your efficient wide receiver and Will Fuller. So without them, it'll be interesting to see if they're even an average team at this point, or if they start to creep towards where Indy is around 14, 15, 16. Now Houston on defense, terrible, although has been improving the last couple of games because JJ Watts starting to get more pressure playing better this last month of the season. I believe he just had a pick six. He continues to get pressure hits and also sacks on the quarterback. This last month of the season, meaning that the secondary is just naturally going to look better, even though they don't have that much talent back there because the quarterbacks opposing them have less time to throw. But still in the year, Houston is 29th in yards per play allowed on defense, and Indy has been good. They're top eight but number seven overall. Houston in the turnover differential, minus two, and Indy is plus five. So better there in terms of protecting and taking away the ball. Houston is number seven in total offense, and Indy is number 12 in total defense. Your biggest advantage is to watch Houston's pass blocking, number six, giving Watson time to throw and also scramble against Indy's 14th ranked pressure. But on the opposite side of this one Houston is number 12 in total offense where they might be getting Jonathan Taylor back after he did not test positive like we said for COVID it was just I believe either his girlfriend did or somebody his girlfriend knew so they had to quarantine he could be back this week as long as he passed his test they're expecting him back against Houston's number 30 total defense that is 25th in pressure but they are improving the pressure but still bottom third of the league uh, by a decent margin that's going to help Philip Rivers when he actually has time to throw and maybe get Michael Pittman involved this week which he did not do against the Titans so you have Indy off of this big loss right and you have Houston in a big divisional loss now another divisional opponent and you have Houston off of this big win but now it's kind of feels like a loss without will fuller going to be out there and houston's coming off of this uh, so-and-so mini buy so the narrative is just to say more times than not Team coming off of a big win on national TV on Thanksgiving, team coming off of a big loss, take the team that you're just going to be getting a decent spread with, minus three right now. Ideally, if it was the other way around, and you got the points here, that's even better as an underdog coming in with that narrative. At the end of the day, there's a couple of stats that I can point to, but the reason why I took Houston in the first place was I just wanted to bet on Watson. In 2020, he has 288 yards per game. He's number two in yards per attempt and efficiency metric, only behind Kirk Cousins at 8.5 per attempt, and he's number one in clean pocket accuracy, and he's been getting a lot of clean pockets this year, the number six overall offensive line. But I can't do it anymore. It's just Will Fuller, right? It's crazy that a wide receiver is making me change this many points, right? I mean, I went from being on a team at plus two and a half to going to another team at minus three. I don't think a wide receiver factors in by five or six points, but I did think that this was like a 51-49 overall percent in which way I was leaning. Now, after getting that Will Fuller news and diving into the trends a little bit more, I'm going to flip my side of this to Indy minus three. Let me know if you see another side that you like a little bit more. I do think Indy is the overall better team. I was just hoping to get those points with the Texans, uh, maybe cover it, have the insurance of a two or three point loss there. But now without Will Fuller, we're Going to take Indy minus three as our third bet of the week. And before we get on to the final three bets of the show, and also one pretty crazy lean that I think I'm gonna place just for fun. Why not? But I actually think there's some a real merit to it. But we're going to let you know about my bookie. Now, my bookie, they did this big giveaway on Thanksgiving, $250 free bet. Uh, if you ended up using my code, I think it was Sal Ten S A L one zero. You got two hundred and free fifty free dollars to bet on. So my bookie is going to have odds boosts, they're gonna have lightning deals, they're gonna have some free bets. I mean, basically all season long they're having this, not just in the NFL but other sports. But now they have it in the NFL coming off of Thanksgiving, another big week here with all the teams basically coming off by at this point you can get action down on any team that you want your favorite team your the team you hate the most to bet against whatever it might be and also the nfl playoffs are coming pretty quickly now so again there's going to be a lot of promotions on my bookie to take advantage of so whether you are a first time buying bookie customer or if you've been with my bookie for years there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines unique props and contests that they have to offer each week sign up or get reloaded today find an edge make your bet and get paid the best part about my bookie is the doors is never closed so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights are turned off and whatever other sports or the casino that you might choose to do so so make the right plan sign up today at my bookie and when you do use the promo code sal one zero that is my name sal one zero to get a deposit matched halfway all the way up to a thousand dollar whiskeys the terms are simple if you put in two hundred dollars they'll match you with another one hundred dollars for free and if you're already planning to bet the season this is a great way to do so with some extra free money it's the winning season at my bookie so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you are at it windows dollar whiskeys fellows go support my bookie let's close it up with our final three bets of the week and the first one is one that I like a lot and I don't know if I'm going to have too much money on this game we can discuss some things on it right now but this one is something that I like a whole lot right now so as of right now you're going to find this line at plus eight and a half in a lot of different spots and it's the Washington football team versus the Pittsburgh Steelers keep in mind this game got moved from Sunday to I believe Monday now to allow the Steelers to have more time to play as long as they are definitely going to be playing at least right now on Wednesday against the Ravens so if the Steelers play on Wednesday against the Ravens they're going to have an insanely short week too. even though the NFL moved the game from Sunday to Monday now they have to turn around from playing on the afternoon around 340 on Wednesday, if this de- game does indeed go to playing on basically the afternoon and night game now on Monday. So they have five days off. This is as short of a week as it actually gets. We don't usually see this in the NFL. The Steelers are going to have to deal with that. And in a lot of spots on DraftKings, you're seeing it right now plus eight and a half. You're seeing it in some other spots at plus eight and a half. Bet 365 still has Washington at plus 10 right now. I don't have a bet there, but I might hammer it again there. I got it at FanDuel plus nine and a half. That bet 365 line wasn't out when I first ended up betting. I'm seeing it now. So if you got bet 365. I'm sure a lot of people do. You can go ahead and check that out at plus 10. But I love this. I'm all over this right now. This is the game that I was talking about that I might lean onto the side of the Washington football team. They're like around a plus 400 money line to win this game. Look, there's a lot of things working against the Steelers right now they're going to be playing on an insanely short week. I mean, they're also, do we think they're going to go 16 and 0? They're facing a team right now. that's actually good. So let's talk about some of the stuff on why I like Washington with the number here, right? A lot of my units and a lot of my quote unquote units, a lot of the dollarooskies I'm betting on this one are going to be on Washington at plus nine and a half, might snag them at plus 10 as well. But I also might take the plus 400 because I actually like Washington as a huge underdog to upset the Steelers in this one as well. So Washington seven and five versus spread Pittsburgh eight and two. So both teams have been undervalued by Vegas and the market this year. Now on offense, Washington is not that great. Number 27 in yards per play. But a lot of people think that this Pittsburgh. Per team is a fantastic offense. Honestly, they're not. They have big play wide receivers who are scoring a lot of touchdowns like Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson is bringing in a lot of receptions, but also he's doing that on a lot of targets. Pittsburgh is just number 24 overall in yards per play, meaning that their offense is a bottom eight efficiency offense, very similar to Washington. Now on defense, these teams also very similar. Washington, number four in yards per play allowed and Pittsburgh number three. So both of them are very good defenses. Washington's minus five in turnover differential. And this is the big thing that's going to make, I think, the point total look pretty uh, rightfully so, I would say. Washington, minus five in turnover differential, not good. So, So they're giving the ball away five more times this year than they've taken away. Steelers, number one at plus 12. I mean, you got to be winning the turnover differential if you want to be that good this year, right? Undefeated at this point. So that's a big yikes, as you can see right there. Now, both of these teams are bottom half of the league in pace. Washington takes 27 seconds per play and Pittsburgh very slow at 28.8. So why do I mention that? Well, because if these teams are going to be playing slower, if you're getting a team that's a big dog, right? A two score dog. If there's going to be less possessions in the game, it takes the other team a little bit more difficulty to cover that spread. Both teams are top three in total defense. Washington's a top five in pass rush. Number three in secondary and number eight versus thrown. A very good defense this year. And this is another thing that I really like if we just want to look at player personnel for this game. So, first of all, you're probably not going to have James Conner for this game for the Steelers. Jalen Samuels is going to miss this Wednesday game because of I think it's like an oblique strain, but James Connor's on the COVID list to this point. So, you're going to be looking at running backs of Benny Snell, who's basically just a plotter, and then Anthony McFarlane out of Maryland, who I actually like. You might actually see some upside there. Not the same as Antonio Gibson in terms of, let's just say, the, the burst ability at Antonio Gibson, but similar in terms of skill sets, I would say. Both of them are that electric factory type of running backs like Antonio Gibson for the Washington football team out of uh, the University of Memphis or Memphis University, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, we get the rookie Antonio Gibson, who right now, if you're looking about fantasy uh, overall running backs and how good he's been this year in terms of fantasy, number five in non or half PPR leagues this season. He is top 10 in evaded tackles this year, while Pittsburgh, that's their biggest weakness, if anything, is tackling. They rank 16th in tackling for a top defense that's great at pass rush, great at stopping the run, great in their secondary. Their one weakness is tackling, and that's something that this rookie running back, Antonio Gibson, continues to get better at doing, breaking tackles, evading tackles as The season goes on. So, if I think that this Washington team is going to be able to effectively run the ball in this game in a slower pace game that probably leans more so towards the under, the over under is not yet out for this game, and I think that their defenses match up and their offenses match up pretty similarly, and if anything, now they're going to be down a man with James Conner out the Steelers on offense on a short week. I mean, everything for me is just screaming the Washington football team here. Got him at plus nine and a half on FanDuel. You can find him at plus eight and a half in a lot of spots, and I'm going to also probably put some money on plus 400 overall for their money line. There's a huge disadvantage for the Steelers. They have not been knowing when they're. Going to play pretty much now for two weeks at this point. They've been traveling all around back and forth, not playing any football games. They're not that fresh, and now they're going to have to play two football games in five days. Give me the Washington football team plus nine and a half, and also give me their money line at plus 400. Two more bets to get to here, and we're going to be talking about the first one right now, which is going to be more so a money line because it's basically a pick them. The New England Patriots, or, or an over under, not money line, uh, the New England Patriots plus one at basically everywhere right now. So the Chargers are going to be one point favorites. Again, it's basically a pick em, as long as this game doesn't end in a tie. Whichever side of this game that you pick, you just need them to win. Once again, I'm going to be taking the over under in this game. And I'm going to scroll back up uh, as I got the 46 and a half right now. I just want to go all the way up on um, bet MGM. So again, if you're in New Jersey, depending on where you are, but it's also 47, basically in everywhere. Now I do believe this over under opened at 48 when I was seeing it on Sunday night, when there's some of the look ahead lines. it actually ended up getting bet down almost immediately. So it actually opened at 49 the look ahead lines from like a week ago, uh, but it actually got bet down to 47 pretty quickly. It's now at 46 and a half in some spots. So this is just too low of a number at this point. I'm going to be taking the over on 46 and a half. I'll also take the over on 47. If you want to bet it on DraftKings or points better fan, or whatever it might be. So let's look at some of the statistics for both the Chargers and New England and we'll pop some up on the screen right now in terms of why I like this trend for the over for these teams. Well, for the over this season, the Chargers are seven and five. They're getting there a lot. New England is four and eight, so not as great. Uh, they're a rushing team. We know that they don't have as much of a big play upside in offense, so that makes some sense. But in this matchup, I like it. The Chargers are 18th in yards for play on offense and New England is 17th. So both basically very similar offenses around average or so. Now on defense, you are going to get the Chargers at 15th. Average, the Patriots, not good in terms of allowing and limiting opponents to be efficient in yards for play number 28 bottom five in the nfl in terms of turnover differential you're going both of these teams at minus one so there could be some short field opportunities for sure in this game now total defenses this is where it's going to look nice new England ranks 25th in total defense just 23rd in coverage to this point and the Chargers at this point are allowing the seventh most points per game at 27.3 their defense has not looked good Derwin James is out right he's been out the entire year Casey Hayward he missed last game but he's been terrible when he's been in there. their defensive line whether it's been Melvin Ingram whether it's been both of these guys have been banged up they've been missing games they've been out so they're dealing with a lot of injuries and they just have not been good this year. And the Chargers play at a top 10 pace. So you might get an extra possession in this game for their offense to go up against the New England bad secondary at this point. It was nice to see Austin Eckler come back. He still saw 10 targets last week for Keenan Allen. Hunter Henry continued to do some nice work after now, basically every single game outside of two this year producing. And Austin Eckler saw a career high in terms of snaps, a career high in terms of overall yardage. He saw 16 targets and 11 receptions for like 80 something yards. That's just going to be able to sustain drives even more for this team where they can rely now, not just on Keenan Allen to move the chains, but Austin Eckler these extensions of the run for these five to six to seven yard passes, very similar, very uh Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara-esque. So Austin Eckler back helps his team a ton against a New England defense that is very poor in terms of those situations. They're good at tackling, but very poor in terms of covering the pass catching running back. So a cover correlates with a Chargers victory, something else that I'll point out. Again, I don't really want to take a side in this game from a betting standpoint. It's basically an even line. There's not much, in, in my opinion, that's going to be standing out here for value outside of the over-under. So the over 47, depending on where you are, over 46 and a half, if you can bet on bet MGM, but a cover does correlate. In my opinion, with the Chargers' victory here, right? So, what do I mean by that? Well, I think that if this is going to go over, more times than not, it probably gets her from the Chargers. We're banking on that good and better offense point per game-wise against a, a suspect defense to this point of the Patriots. So, let's just say that the cover gets her in the over. If the Chargers, we think, score about 27 points in this game, odds are the Patriots aren't winning the game. Odds are the Patriots maybe score 23 points, and that's going to be hitting the over. So, more times than not, I think that a, a cover of the total here is going to correlate with a Chargers' victory, unless you get some sort of defensive scores or special team scores from the Patriots. So, uh, if you want to kind of parlay something here, I would parlay. I'm not going to do it myself, but if you did want to try and parlay any games this week, I would be parlaying the over this game with the Chargers minus one. So that is our fifth bet of the week. Now let's get to our sixth and final bet since we already discussed that money line bet, the plus 400. Why not? Just for fun of Washington this week. Let's get into our final bet of the week. And this final bet is going to be the New York Giants uh, versus the Seattle Seahawks. Now the bets have actually been taken off the board right now. You can see right here. So it opened at plus seven. This is because the Seahawks played last night. I assume as I'm recording this Tuesday morning, they're trying to get a new number out there. So I'll talk about the numbers that I did see as you can see that on the screen right now there's not much uh, to go off of but the line did open at plus seven it was in plus seven and a half in some spots but i said i wanted to wait on a better number the seahawks winning last night makes it even more important to try and wait on a better number so i do think that this game might open again probably around plus seven plus seven and a half i don't think it's going to move in the giants favor i don't think a lot of teams are going to be betting on the giants in this situation especially coming off of the uh monday night football win against the eagles for the seahawks they didn't look dominant but they look pretty good right the eagles had that big 30 plus yard touchdown to richard Rodgers at the end of it to make it seem a little bit closer but i do think teams are going to be wanting to bet on seattle they're a public team to begin with better quarterback daniel jones is not going to be out there for the giants at this point it's probably going to be colt mccoy oh so i don't have a bet place on this yet before the daniel jones injury, the local headline i had a plus seven and a half number that i liked, but i didn't want to bet it for the giants to see how these games went i want to see what this number reopens up as as colt mccoy now out there instead of daniel jones yeah i think that's going to be maybe moving this line to plus eight and a half plus nine plus nine and a half but i want to wait till the end of the week i want to bet the last second on this one because nobody's going to be betting on the giants but i do want to get the Giants side of it there's also a chance that daniel jones plays so if we wait later in the Week, which normally I don't like to do, but I think the line's going to move in our favor. We might be able to snag like maybe a plus 10 for the Giants, depending on what this line opens at, maybe even like a plus 11 if it already opens at a plus 10. So I plan to bet on Saturday if that line gets the double digits as a underdog for the Giants. I plan to bet the Giants in this one and just hope that Colt McCoy can do anything. It didn't look good out there. Six of 10 for like 30 yards, five yards per attempt, or something terrible, or like three yards per attempt. Pretty bad. But we still have a lot of news to be getting on Daniel Jones, and we might get a lot of points on the Giants side of this one, who they've been a good defense. So some quick stats on it. The Giants, seven and five versus spread. Seattle is six and four uh, as as of last night, now they're going to believe, I believe, now be six and five against the spread. So the Giants ranked 29th on offense in yards per play, Seattle number four. But the Giants on defense are very sneakily good at this point. 14th in yards per play allowed on defense, and Seattle the complete opposite bad number 30 overall. The Giants are plus two in turnover differential, Seattle is plus one. And this is a top 10 overall defense so far this year for the Giants. They have an average loss this year of 7.8 points, but four of their losses are within four points less. The Giants are playing very good football because their offense, when healthy, has been able to move the ball. Evan Ingram now nine plus targets in straight games. Wayne Gallman continues to be very good on the ground. Devonta Freeman is allowed to come back, I believe off the IR this week, but I expect Wayne Gallman to continue to be able to run the rock against what is going to be a borderline top five run defense right now of Seattle that shut down like Miles Sanders for like six carries for 15 yards, shut down Boston Scott for a couple of carries for seven yards. So this is a very good run defense for Seattle. So that is going to be concerning. Gallman can catch out of the backfield. I just want to see the number here, right? We're not going to be placing a bet on this today. I want to see what the number is now that Seattle off of a win last night, but the big piece is waiting on what's happening with Daniel Jones because they said he might miss a week. They said he might not miss any time. They said he might be done for the year. We have to get official news on that first. But even if Daniel Jones, well, if he's in, I'm going to be taking the plus seven and a half, plus seven, whatever it is on the Giants side like that. If he's out, we have to see what this line moves to. If it gets like plus 10 or plus 11, somewhere like that, I'm going to be backing the Giants as our sixth and final bet this week, or even seventh, actually, after we factor in the Washington money line versus Pittsburgh. So that's where I'm at right now. Those are seven bets. I'm guessing giving you that one lean with the Giants, depending on what this line opens up as, depending on the health status of what. What happens with Daniel Jones and what the number we get if it is a Colt McCoy game? Thank you so much for tuning into the video. Please do like and subscribe before you go for Week 13. It's been a ton of fun putting these videos out for you. Check out all my other fantasy content if you would like to. Throughout the week, we have it for the NFL. The NBA is going to be starting up in three weeks, so we'll have daily. Well, maybe not daily fantasy uh, NBA content, but we're going to be having it a couple times a week, especially when the NFL is going on. A lot to try and do that every single day with an NFL or two video a day. So we'll probably have them sparingly until the NFL season is over, then get more on a routine schedule. But be sure to support the sponsors of the show. Thank you to Viget, and also thank you to my you for sponsoring the week 13 betting video. Thanks everybody. And I'll see you all in the next one. Peace out gang and enjoy the rest of your day.